Welcome to Challenge Accepted. I'm your host, Stephanie Lucas, a marriage and family therapist by trade and mom to a daughter with hearing loss. I'm creating a space for parents and caregivers of special needs families to find support, validation, and acceptance by sharing stories of a broad range of families with unique challenges. While this isn't therapy and does not replace the advice of a medical provider, we'll dive into the tougher parts of parenting together and join a team of support from others who get it. This next half hour is about you, your experiences, your emotions, and being allowed to take up space as a parent and human being. So hands in, ears on, hearts open team, this is Challenge Accepted. Welcome back to the podcast. I took a hiatus from writing and interviews as I shifted my energy towards other pieces of life. I'm glad to be back and revisiting telling our story. If you're unfamiliar with the format of this podcast, I alternate episodes between interviewing parents about their experiences with different challenges in their parenting journey with short 10-minute stories about my daughter Riley's journey with deafness and CMV. If you haven't been following along with our story, here's a quick recap to get you up to speed. Riley was born in April of 2019 and diagnosed as single-sided deaf about two months later. She tested positive for CMV, which is cytomegalovirus. This is a little-known virus that I contracted at 39 weeks pregnant, which can cause hearing loss, vision loss, and a multitude of other challenges. She was fitted with a bone-anchored hearing aid called a Baja and enrolled in the early intervention program in our county. When she was about five months old, we traveled to the State Children's Hospital for a second opinion visit and were introduced to a brand new research study where Riley would be given the opportunity to take the antiviral treatment for CMV outside of the typical window. I discussed our enrollment during the last mini-sode. Those are the facts of the story so far, but if you want to hear about the emotions, I encourage you to go back and listen to each mini-sode. I explore our diagnosis, how our personal history influenced our experiences, how it impacted our marriage, and other important aspects of the whole picture. For those of you who've been waiting for the next part of our story, let's dive in. In the last mini-sode, I discussed how we spent several four-and-a-half-hour-long trips over the mountain to participate in the research study and the cost that this put on our family. This was one aspect of our enrollment in the research study. Another aspect was a bit more personal for me. If you've listened to previous mini-sodes, you know that I had a needle phobia for most of my life. I started therapy to overcome it in 2015 when we decided we wanted to have a baby, and I know there are often needles involved in that process. I was able to successfully have a baby in a hospital without a panic attack in January of 2016. If you haven't heard me say it before, EMDR is a true miracle in my life and the lives of many others. Fast forward to baby round two, I brushed up my work to ensure smooth sailing once again and had a beautiful, natural birth at a birthing center. But nothing can prepare you for pinning your screaming, red, writhing baby down while unskilled nurses literally fish around under her skin trying to find a vein, week after week. See, one part of the trial was that they needed frequent blood tests to determine whether Riley was having any adverse reactions. During that time, I learned so much about myself and the world of medical momming in general. I learned where the good and bad phlebotomists were in town, and I learned how to advocate for the one that I wanted. I learned where Riley's good veins were, the difference between a heel poke and a draw, and how to best prepare her body for a smooth experience. Well hydrated, warm, and alert. 
I learned to read a medical provider's confidence level and how to speak up if I felt like they needed to do something differently. I started carrying around a vein finder, since the local hospital didn't allow their phlebotomists to use them, which they lamented to me in secret was a policy they resented but felt powerless to change. I found a favorite staff member and would intentionally make our appointments so that he would be with us. The initial giggler who had helped us with her toilet hat test. His presence will forever remind me of compassion and kindness. I learned how long it takes blood to coagulate and the name of different types of tests that can be ordered so I could ensure that the paperwork on ours was right so we could avoid a redo. I am thankful I have since forgotten this information. I learned that my kid was a true badass. At eight months old, she didn't flinch unless the provider was struggling to find a vein. Doctors at multiple locations raved about her nerves of steel, and I often got the comment that grown men do worse than her. I also was able to use my knowledge as a therapist to hopefully help Riley to process these experiences without trauma. I knew that bilateral stimulation, a strategy from EMDR that had helped me to overcome my own fears, would help her to integrate her experiences, even at this young age, instead of recording pain and fear and lodging it as trauma in her tiny little system. And so I was the somewhat crazy-looking mom who would tap on her baby, left, right, left, right, while the technicians did their thing. I can't prove to you it worked, but I can tell you it didn't not work. I even made a believer of one of the techs as I explained to her what I was doing. As the tests were starting to wind down, I started to feel this sense of ownership over the medical experiences I never had before. I would walk into medical offices with a bit of bravado. You never want to be the one that people recognize, but when you are, there's a certain sense of pride you start to take. Yep, I'm a medical mom, a strong, well-informed, kick-ass medical mom with an amazing daughter and a vein finder in my baby bag. The experience forced me over hurdles in advocacy that I had never encountered before. I had a hard time speaking up with medical providers in the past, but when my kid became the one who needed me to, I learned to schmooze, nudge, suggest, and refuse with the best of them. It was a confidence that I had felt was missing since our diagnosis. Often with your second kid, you look forward to feeling like you can handle the baby phase at least a little bit better. I know that's a lie a lot of us tell ourselves, but man, did it feel like we were sliding down this mountain face first most of the time. I also craved connection with other medical parents at this time. It was towards the end of the trial, just before Riley turned one, that I started seeking out other parents and groups on Instagram and Facebook. That community has served me in ways above and beyond my wildest dreams and is likely part of how you have found this podcast today. I think one important lesson from this phase was also that having something to do helped me to dig myself out of the hole of shock that had accompanied our initial diagnosis. So much else was wait and see. This was daily doses, weekly appointments, someone who was interested in every tiny symptom or change in her. Sure, they were more interested for the purposes of their research outcomes, but knowing I had the bent ear of a medical provider consistently helped me to have a place to take my concerns and fears as they came up. This was deadlines and checkboxes and hope. I think this is why a lot of parents who have experiences like ours write books and blogs and podcasts, why we become advocates in the legal, educational, and disability rights systems. Of course, we want our child to have full access and acceptance in our community. And we're also meaning-making for ourselves. 
turning the doubt, pain, turmoil, and fear into beauty, creativity, and community. If anyone is able to turn pressure into diamonds, it's a medical parent. It's a community I'm proud to be a part of. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode. I hope it was inspiring and encouraging for you in your journey. If you enjoyed it, I love it if you could share it with your friend, subscribe for future content, and leave us a five-star review. This will help us grow our reach so others can join our community of support. If you would like to share your unique story with the Challenge Accepted community, feel free to reach out to me on social media, Stephanie Lucas MFT, on Instagram or Facebook. Thanks for being a part of our team.